I'd just like to welcome um, Pastor Emmanuel um, to come up, and he's going to be uh, leading us in the words today. So if, if church, if you'd like to join me in praying for Emmanuel. Um, so Lord God, we thank you for your, your dear servant Emmanuel. We thank you, Father, for uh, the word that he's prepared to bring to, bring to us. Pray, Lord God, that you prepare us to receive it. Our hearts will be fertile soil, and that you would uh, you plant your word and it would grow and prosper in our lives. Thank you, Father. Pray for him. Uh, he'll be able to deliver the word uh, with, with power and authority. Amen. Thank you, Dave. Good afternoon. Sorry, I was getting on with you. Street. 
at 2 o'clock because you finish work at 1 and I'll be there 2 o'clock I'll be waiting for you so there is a place and there is a time that we must meet that's an appointment now if you got there and you was not there you just waited because there was no way of, of texting because if you leave she could be just around the corner and I've come all the way from another city and she won't know where I've gone you, if, if, if you didn't leave that time, you won't understand, you know. That an appointment had to be kept. You, you had to be where you said you would be. Because there was no way of communicating with the other person if things change. So I would need to reconcile books sometimes at the place where she worked. And so even though they were supposed to finish at one, she would still be there 45 minutes after finishing time. Everyone else would be gone. She would be still there trying to put the books together, make the book balance. And I'm standing there at the post office. Even if I get thirsty or I need to go to the little room, I can't move because if she gets there and finds me gone, then the appointment is, is messed up completely. The reason I'm saying this is we need to understand that when God is an appointment with us, we need to value the place and the time. We need to know where God wants us and what time he wants us. Now we will read from scripture, shall we? Acts 17, verse 26. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. He mapped out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out to him. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. May the Lord add blessing to the reading of his word. God made all human beings. The Africans in Africa, the Indians in Asia, the Americans in America, and the Europeans in Europe. He made the boundaries we, we see. That is why when you move from one place to another, there is an immigration officer who asks you, why are you here? I've been asked that question many times because I travel quite a bit. Why are you here? I've been to India, I've been to America, and then and at one time I was searched terribly in America, you know, I don't think it was anything to do with me, I think it was someone else who was in the queue with me, because they, they don't want that person to feel like they've been picked out. So if you, I don't want to say why I thought, you know, but the, the person I was next to, I thought they were, they looked problematic, and so I was lumped up together with, with uh, <laughs> And we were searched, you know, and, and uh, I've never been searched like that in my life. I, I could have come back home, but, you know. They, they are boundaries. They are boundaries that God has put. They are boundaries. And so when we go to another place, we, we have to have a reason to go to be in another place. We have to make a case for us being in that place. We have to make a case. Either it's business or I'm running away from this or, or whatever. We have to make a case.
for being in a place which is not our own place. And I'm coming across. So God made these boundaries. God made these boundaries. God also appointed our times on earth. So for me to be born in this generation, it is by appointment. I could have been born much earlier, I could have been born much later, but God wanted me at this time in history. And so, I am not a result of romance between my mom and dad. I am a result of God appointment. God wanted me at this time in this place. And so that's why I'm here. Many people who were born at the same time with you may not be here anymore. Many people who may have been cleverer than you are not here anymore, but they're still here. Many people who may have been well to do than you are not here anymore, but you are here. So God wanted you in this specific slot of time. God wanted you here. When I was born in 1967, I've been around a bit, you know. I've been, you see, when you look at my hair, I didn't dye my hair. This is age, okay? There was a lot of measles at that time, measles. Lots of children died of measles. I didn't die. I did not die. Because God wanted me at this time. He allocated me for this space in history. Actually, <laughs> my mom had three other boys before me. And they all died. As soon as they started crawling, they would go. As soon as the next one started crawling, they would die. Now one came started crawling, they died. And, and my mom was not a Christian. She was not coming from a Christian family. My dad was from a Christian family. And my dad's family, my dad's sisters, they, didn't, they weren't very kind to my mom. You know, they started, you know, making fun of her. They were calling Sister Ruth. Not, you know, like the, the Catholic sisters are called sisters, you know. And they don't have children. So they're calling a Sister Ruth in a mocking way. Sister Ruth, my mom. Yeah. And so, one day after church, you know, they, they're having teas. Do you have teas in this place? After church? Yeah. Much stay for that. <laughs> this elder comes up and says, Oh, Sister Ruth, the Lord says you are expecting, and it's a boy. And his name shall be Emmanuel. He shall be a preacher of the word of God. My mom says, I respect you. You are a great brother in this church. I think you missed it this time. Because I, I am not pregnant. He says, you are actually. You are pregnant. My mom says, I haven't missed my child. I am not pregnant. He says, you are pregnant. And it's a boy, and his name will be called Emmanuel. She, she went and told my dad. He says, well, usually he's, he's accurate, but this time, you know, sometimes we miss these things. After a while, she noticed she was pregnant. And she noticed, yeah, she's pregnant. And back then, they didn't do this kind of way you could tell whether it's a boy or a girl. You just got what you got. And did I say that the right way? <laughs> English is a second language. I'm not rude or anything, you know. <laughs> I'm actually a nice person in my heart. Don't worry about what, what comes out of my mouth. And then she goes to a hospital when it's June and she gives birth to a boy. I says, he was right. And dad says, well, his name is Emmanuel. And uh, the day I came, my mom came from hospital. 
hospital with me. There was a woman who stayed on our street. And she said, oh, you have a baby? She said, yes. What is it? She said, it's a boy. Let me hold him. And she took me in and held me in the arms. She says, oh, he's a lovely boy. Me. And, <laughs> and then as she was giving me back from home, she says, oh, I made a mistake. And my mom says, what? She says, I've got some, some juju that I, I handled. You know, he's going to die. I have to bath him in this medicine for him not to die. My mom said, no, not a day. He won't leave, he won't leave for seven days. His brothers may have crawled, this one won't even crawl. And as he said that, my mom was caught in between. She has now converted to Christianity. She now is a Christian. She wants to serve the Lord, but she's told she has to go to the things of witchcraft for me to be washed in the medicine so that I don't die. My dad is away on work on business. So she has to make that decision. Shall he get washed in medicine, African uh, medicine, spiritual medicine, you know, not good medicine, you know, demonic stuff. Oh, trust God. She says, I'll have him. I have converted to Christ. I am a Christian now. Even if he dies, I'm getting pretty used to it. I'm free in the grave now. He can be number four. I pray that there will be Christians with that kind of conviction today. I pray may there be Christians with that kind of conviction today. My mom, an educated as she was, took her little boy home, this one, and uh, prayed and said, Lord, he may be joining you with his brothers, but I've made a decision. I don't go back there again. I used to do these things, that witchcraft, I don't do this. I know this woman says, until I wash this baby, this baby will die. It's okay. I make peace with this decision, Lord. And I cried. This was around four in the afternoon into the night until early morning. Early morning, she picked me up, went to my uncle's, my uncle, uh, my dad's brother, phoned my dad to come back from where he was. My dad came back and they prayed. It was the end of the day, the second day, I stopped crying. But there had been a hole now in my in my stomach, way right through to the back. A hole. A hole you could see right through. My dad says we, we will not we will not uh, do anything. We will just trust God. And if they continue praying, the hole got sealed. There's no hole. I, I was if 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 I trusted God, I was gonna open my shed, but I will <laughs> And Graham is not here. He would have said, What were you doing undressing in my church? <laughs> Graham would be angry.
There are people who say there's something about you. There are people who, who saw value in you which you may not have seen yourself. There are people who thought you were special. They thought you were rubbish. But other people saw you as special. And I'm here to say you are special. That there's something of God in your life. There is an appointment between you and destiny. God is something special. This has nothing to do with your age, by the way. Many people in scripture, Abraham, God called him when he was well along in years, 75 years old, God called him. Most people who are 75 think those are their sunset years. This was sunrise for Abraham. He was moving from Iraq near Baghdad, in Baghdad, you know, the capital city of Iraq. That's where he was staying with his dad. And God called him to go right across the Middle East to the Mediterranean Sea. I mean, that's what, and they didn't have planes those days, or trains even. Say, our oh, trains on strike. Well, there weren't even <laughs> trains to go strike at the time. He just walked, walked trusting God, walked trusting God from one end of Asia to another. Just trusting God. What about Moses? 40 years in the wilderness, running away from Pharaoh where he had committed crime. He was a felon, running away from justice, fugitive from the law, out in the backside of the desert, working as a shepherd. Someone who had a promising political career in Africa, in Egypt, was going to be a grandson of the, of the Pharaoh. Now he committed crime and is run away, fugitive to justice. God speaks to him through a burning bush. 80 year old. God says, Abraham, I've got an idea. This is what is it, God? You're going to be a politician. You're going to start a nation. He founded the nation of Israel. There was no nation of Israel until Moses founded it at 80 years of age. How nobody is here thinking of hanging their boots. God has a purpose for your life, God has a plan for your life. God is a God of appointment. He gives. Not only an assignment to your life, but he also marks the times of your existence. So when I die, when you hear that Emmanuel Kapoff has died, don't come there all oh, broken. He's dead. I have fulfilled my mandate. I'm at peace with what I've achieved so far. I, we have insurance with Ivy. You know, we were sorted with bush brain symmetry. Everything is good. Everything is cool.
You survived. Isn't that amazing? You survived. God is amazing. He has protected you up until now. Some of you, if you are bold enough to share with us your testimonies, things you have, you know, survived, you know, stuff which could have taken you a long time ago, but you are here today. You are not here just to go to Alda and show up and, and make dinner. And, no, no, no. God has a divine purpose for your life. You need to find that, identify that, and run with that. We are beyond just spouses, beyond dads, beyond moms. There is a divine purpose in our lives. More than just being a spouse to my wife, Ivy. More than just a dad to my boys. There is a, a bigger reason why God put me on this earth. That needs to be identified. That needs to be identified. Each one of us has a unique purpose, a unique reason why you are here. Stop comparing yourself with other people. You'll just be a bad photocopy of someone else. Be you, even if other people struggle with your you. Let them struggle with you. That's their problem. Be yourself. Be what God called you to be. Don't apologize for anything. Be what God made you to be. And be, 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 be strong about it. So much so that when death knocks the door, you are fine to go. You are good and ready. Whatever age you are, whatever age you are, even when you are 30, when your assignment is done, your assignment is done. Because there are people whose assignments are early. And there are people who live a long life, but there's no life in their life. There's no purpose. They just live aimlessly. They just exist like a tree, like a vegetable in the garden. Even when you ask them, what are you here for? Many people don't know. They don't know. <coughs> the person you should go to is God. Why am I here, God? If you were to look for a, a cabinet for your, for your house, maybe you've got a TV and you, you, you think, we need a cabinet to put our TV on. You go shopping around. You go to brushes. There is something in your head you are looking for. When you get that thing, even while it's still in the shop, you can see it in your house. You can see where you're going to put it. It never making sense to you. So the people who see you liking it while it's still in the shop, they don't understand. But you know what you're doing. You know how it will blend with everything. How it will fit in with everything. That's exactly how God made you. He knew all that's around you. He knows your feet. You fit in very well. Don't ask others if you fit. The TV can ask the cabinet, do, do we match? The owner of the TV and the owner of the cabinet, that's their job to make them match and fit or mix and match. That's entirely up to the owner of the house. And God does that for us. Don't ask people, what do you think I should do with my life? Ask God, God, what do I do with my life? If you ask me, I'll have an opinion. If you ask people, they will have an opinion. I would rather you ask God. I find this interesting that the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, nor gather into bands, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you of not, are you not of more value than they? Hmm. The birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap. 
You're to Heavenly Father, feed them. You know, go and watch the birds in your garden. You know, they never prepare for the next meal. They only eat for, for this meal. It is the morning, they eat for the morning. The, the birds never take stuff for lunch. They say, this is what I'll eat at lunch. When it's lunch time, they will have something to eat. When it's evening time, they will have something to eat. Haven't you got more value than the birds? God looks after us. God looks after you. Claire was talking about giving. Bless you, Claire. We went to school together with Claire. Go back a long way. Are you American, Claire? Yes. Yeah, I noticed the accent is. Yeah, we went to school together. And I didn't know that till now. But you're American. Birmingham. Um, when I came into this country from Africa, all we had with my wife were two suitcases. We believed God had called us here. Arrived at Gatwick Airport, the immigration officer asked me, What are you here for? I said to pastor a big church in Wolverhampton. I had no clue where Wolverhampton was. <laughs> he took off his glasses and he looked at me. He said, Say that again. I said to pastor a big church in Wolverhampton. He says, Do you have any money on you? I said, Yeah, I got money. How much have you got? He said, 300 pounds. I felt very rich with 300 pounds. He said, You got 300 pounds? I said, Yeah, that's right. Can I see him? See him? Sure. Showed him. Then he put his stand there. He says, I'll give you six months. If it's, it's worked out in six months, you must go back where you've come from. I said, it will work out. I've gone to preach many countries. It always works out. He says, that's a bit arrogant. I said, no, it's the truth, sir. But being arrogant is the truth. He says, no, you can go. I said, wait. He says, move out. I said, how do I go to move out? He says, you don't even know where Wolverhampton is. I don't know where Wolverhampton is. He says, oh, do you want to go by train? Do you want to go by bus? I said, whatever. Which one is, what, 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 what is this? The train and there's the National Express. And National Express sounded fancy to me. <laughs> so I take the Express. He says, nine pounds. I said, England is cheap. Nine pounds. From London to Wolverhampton. England is good. I like England. Where do I catch the bus? He says, I have other people to serve. I said, this is the last question. Get me someone who helped me to where the National Express is. He called somebody and says, help this guy. He says he's a vicar and he goes to Wolverhampton. Just get him out of here. He uh, thought I was being a nuisance. I didn't know where the bus was. I didn't know. And they had a funny accent. I could hardly. Everything I had to say, excuse me. Everything I said, pardon. Everything say again. Now I can hear you guys when you speak. I can. I can. Arrived here without blankets and clothes, nothing. Trusted God. First Sunday, we paid six pounds in the green bucket. <laughs> and we were renting a, a, a pub in town, uh, next to, near, near Beaches. And the guy was called Mark, the, the guy who rented the pub. And he was charging us 30 pounds per service. And he said, Emmanuel, let's do a deal, Emmanuel. Uh, you make the change pay in advance. And then we, 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 we sought ourselves for the full month. I said, no, 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 Mark. It doesn't work like that in church. We first have a service. We collect the money. I subtract yours. I take mine. He says, Emmanuel, what if whatever you collect is not up to 30 pounds? Because I want 30 pounds from you. That's what I want. 
said, Mark, there will never be less than 30 pounds in the bucket, okay? There will be 30 pounds plus. And up until today, 20 years later, I've never had less than 30 pounds. God is true. God is true. God has looked out for us. Our first Monday here, someone heard that a new family had come from Zimbabwe. He says, hey, what have you got? He says, well, we've got Jesus. He says, what do you want? He says, whatever you can give. He says, well, there's a house we're moving and I'm getting married and my wife has everything, so come take whatever you want. I said, I'll take everything then. <laughs> he says, why? I said, I'll take everything. He said, you mean spoons and knives? I said, yeah, I like spoons and knives too. <laughs> Have you got anything to carry those things? I said, no, no, I don't. How are you going to carry them? I said, I was going to figure that out. <laughs> he says, okay, I'll find a van for you. He found a van for me. We had everything, microwave, TV, sofas, with everything. God has always been looking out for me. He still does it. I even today. I live a life of faith. I believe I'm here by appointment. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Am I coming across to you? God is a God of appointment. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 29, the Bible says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground unperceived by your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. The numbers of our head. The hair are numbered in Lord. God does not only know the total number of my hair. He, each hair is numbered. I need to say that again. God knows the total number of hair I have. But not only does he have the total, he also knows that when I'm combing my hair, number 34 fell down. <laughs> he knows as to that detail. He knows as that well. And those of us who are losing some, God knows you have lost a bit also. He knows us to that degree. What about if God has called me as an African in Africa and now I've moved to Wolverhampton, isn't that confusion now? When you say God appointed a place for us and God appointed my time of existence, does that cause confusion? No, it does not. If you read the word of God in Luke chapter 1 verse 26, the Bible says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel to Nazareth, to a town of Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings to you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. I was in Israel a few months ago. Now I went to the house where Mary was born. Mary was born to a woman called Anna and, and Akim. Anna, to those of you who have been in Catholicism, is actually venerated by the Catholics, the mother of Mary, okay, in Jerusalem. But scripture had prophesied 700 years before the birth of Jesus that Jesus would be born in Nazareth. In, 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 Jesus would call the a Nazarene, sorry. He would be called a Nazarene. Now, he had to have a mother and a father who were from Nazareth. So God moves Mary. She falls in love with a man called Joseph who lives in a place called Nazareth, 145 kilometers away for scripture to be fulfilled. So we can call Jesus the Nazarene. 
You remember how that man Nathaniel said, can any good thing come from Nazareth? Jesus was called a Nazareth because he came from Nazareth. But how did God speak to Mary? Who was from Jerusalem and take him down there? Because God is a God of appointment. He can move you from the place you were born to another place and still speak to you in that new place. God still speaks to me in Wolverhampton today. I hear his voice all the time. Pastor Graham will tell you the story of how we got the building, how God spoke to me at the traffic lights on the ring road. I was sat in the car and the voice said, EK. And I knew I was alone in the car. I have flows. EK, that's your new home. I looked at it. I heard a voice. A voice, an actual voice. God still speaks to me over after. The, the building was so expensive, 3.8 million. But we still got that building, not for 3.8 million. God knocked it down. <laughs> but God still speaks to me here. God still speaks to me. Like he spoke to Mary, 145 kilometers away from the place he was born. And God spoke through Gabriel. And Gabriel says, to prove to you, Mary, that it is God speaking to you. I am Gabriel. Your cousin Elizabeth is pregnant right now. Your cousin Elizabeth, who is old, and everyone says she's barren. As I'm speaking to you, she's six months pregnant. And you know what Mary does? She walks. Remember, there are no planes, no trains. She walks from Nazareth up to Jerusalem, 145 kilometers, to confirm. And as soon as she sees Elizabeth, Elizabeth comes, her house, the house of Zechariah was a priest. His house is on a hill, uh, very close to Jerusalem. And I, I was in that house. And she, she, she sees him in the valley, uh, in the valley there. And she runs to him and embraces him, Mary. And he says, oh, Mary, Mary. How good God is to me that the mother of my Lord should come and visit me. Mary's thinking, how did you know? He says, as soon as you greeted me, the baby in my tummy started communicating with the baby in your tummy. Wow! God of appointment. She is carrying John the Baptist. Mary is carrying Jesus the Savior. And there's already an interaction between these two men. While they are still in their mother's tummies, I pray that God's appointment in your life bring you to people who also have an appointment with God. <coughs> you say, what if Mary had said no to the angel, that I don't want to be pregnant? This will mess up my plans. I'm engaged right now to a guy called Joseph. This will cause a mess. I don't want to get pregnant. What would have happened? God would have found someone else. God would have found someone else very easily. My warning to anyone amongst us, if God is in a sign your assignment. God will pick someone else in your place. In your place. God will pick someone else in your place. He does that. He does that. Many times in the scripture, many people were replaced. Look at Saul, classic example. Saul was the first king to be ordained to be nation of to, to be king over the nation of Israel. Sights wiped. In comes David. God is calling us, each one of us. God is calling you. God has an appointment with your life. He has an appointment with destiny. Don't, don't push it on the side. Don't be easy about it. Don't just, you know, take it easy, the things of God. Be passionate about God. Be passionate about God. Make your life count. 
Don't let anyone talk you down and say, what does he know? What does he know? You are special in the eyes of God. You are special. You have a calling. You have an appointment with destiny. You can do something. You can change the course of this nation. <laughs> you know, I was laughing at the politics of this country. You know, after Boris Johnson, there was a bit of talk. Who would replace Boris Johnson? And there was a man called Ben Wallace, he's the Minister of Finance, the, not Minister of, Minister of the Soldiers, what is it called? Defense, sorry. And everyone wanted him, and he kept saying no, he kept saying no. I was looking at their profiles, and I thought he also looked quite good to me. Uh, ben Wallace, his name is. He kept saying no. And then we had a woman called Listras. And I thought, if only Ben Wallace had said yes. But she was, he was replaced by this trust. You can be very good but still be replaced by someone inferior to you. The, he's still the Minister of Defense today. He's a great guy. Look at his profile when you finish church. Go look at the guy. He's a great guy, Ben Wallace. But he said no. Everyone wanted him. The whole Tory party wanted him. He said no. I've consulted with me, with me missus. Me missus. God is calling you to leave this nation in this difficult time and you say, me miss, me miss what? Look who replaces you, Liz Trust. I'm warning anyone here who is getting a call from God but is saying no, you will be replaced. God will still find someone to do what he wants done. But you have lost out the opportunity. I'm inviting us as we are part of this church. This church is a great potential of City Church. You can be a, 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 an important gear in how things will develop in this church. Or you can just be ordinary really. Just come here to kill time. Just come here because I mean, they will all phone me and check where were you, you know. Or you can say this is a divine appointment. God called me to this place and make a difference. Yesterday I was walking in town. Someone saw me in the tender room. I said, Who's African here? People don't do that here. And they turned around. He said, Ah, oh, Pastor Emmanuel. He said, Yeah, that's me. I don't remember. He says, Oh, it's okay. Uh, uh, you've preached in our church before, blah, blah, blah. He said, Okay, oh, that's good. Well, you've packed on the road. I think we should move. He says, No, no, no. Leave the car there. I said, Well, you'll be booked. The police will come. He said, No, I, I'm able to get a ticket. He's in surgery as we speak right now. Open up his heart. He's in a poor shape. Can you pray? I say yes. Yes, we can pray. Let's join hands. So we went onto the street, next to the car, and prayed. I forgot that I had said about the police. I forgot that we parked on the road. And I prayed. Healing in Jesus' name. I don't know the name of this man and his wife. And their brother, his name is Paul, in Birmingham Hospital. His heart is open. We pray for breakthrough, Lord. Heal him in Jesus' name. Heal him in Jesus' name. Heal him in Jesus' name. And God touched him. And God touched him. What we must know is our lives have an appointment with destiny. Our lives have an appointment with destiny. You can't afford to push it away. 
Last Sunday, a woman was giving a testimony in our church. You can see this testimony on Facebook. Uh, an Indian woman. She was, she was, she had arthritis. She lives here in Penn. And 20 years, it was deteriorating. She couldn't even bath or brush her teeth. She was getting ready to die. Gave everything away, ready to go, ready to die. And Ivy was coming next door to see a woman next door. And she said, the woman next door is about to die. She's about to die, she says, yeah. Ivy says, let's see him. Ivy went to see her. She says, you can't come. My children don't allow people of other faiths to come into our church, into our house. Ivy says, I can pray for you at the door. Ivy prayed at the door. At the door. Lord, touch this woman and heal her in Jesus' name. She said, the smell coming from that house, the smell, the smell. She had a bath for a long time, not able to clean herself, not able to do personal hygiene. Ooh, Ivy just prayed in that smell. She prayed. The following day, she felt she could walk a little bit. She went and knocked the door of her neighbor. Call that black girl to come again. Calling my wife a black girl. I said, Ivy, you know, of all the things that that woman said, when she called me a black girl, I like that. <laughs> you know, sometimes I think Ivy we're going on a bit. If someone still thinks you're a girl, I think that's all right, you know. I think it's a positive. She called you a girl. And the, the, the next door neighbor called Ivy, and Ivy came and prayed again. And she was able to bend. She was able to go up the stairs now. She, now she's completely healed. She can walk, she can run, she can. She's completely healed. But Ivy never went to her house. She was going next door. And the next door said, Oh, my neighbor is about to die. She's so sick. She's on your way out. I've said, I want to see her. Let's knock her door. The neighbor says, no, they're Indians. They don't like, you know, interaction with other people. I've said, let's knock her door. Let's knock it. When your life has purpose, you know it yourself. You know it yourself. I'm going to close now. And as I pray, I, I'm asking us to go deep down in our hearts and say, Lord, I'm available. I don't want to just be a member of Hope City Church. I don't want just to fill this church as a number. I want to be an important part of what you're doing in Hope City Church. I want Graham to count on me. I want Graham to count on me. When, when you miss church, if you miss church, when you miss church, do people miss you here? Do you play such a role that if you were not here, things would struggle? Or the difference is the same. I'm praying that God will convict us today and each of us will make our lives count. I'm going to pray. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to share with this church. Thank you, Lord, for what you have spoken in their lives. Thank you for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the value that is carried by every person in this room. Sometimes we don't see or recognize that value. Sometimes other people may see that value, but we ourselves cannot see that we are valuable. And we sell ourselves cheap. We should change ourselves. We, we think it's being humble, but really we actually don't believe in ourselves. How I pray, oh God, that we would have a change of heart. That we would see what God sees in us. That we would walk with a, a spring in our step. When we look in the mirror, we'll be happy with what God has done with our lives. We'll be happy with what God has planned for our lives. When we talk with our neighbors, we will talk with purpose. When we go to work tomorrow, when we arrive at our workplace, in, in the place where we work, we will announce that we have arrived. We will tell people that God has a mission with our lives. We will make our workplace a better working place. We will make our homes a 
a good place to, to live because we are people with a purpose. Our street is a better place to live because we are there, people with a purpose. The God of appointment has put our lives in this section of history, in this particular time of, of the United Kingdom, in this particular time of the city of Wolverhampton, at this moment in time for us to make a difference. So thank you for the appointment you have with us, Lord. We will be where you want us, at the time where you, when you want us, so that your glory can be manifested in our lives. This I pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Before I sit down, I, I just want to pray, maybe there's somebody here who senses that they, there is purpose in them, but they don't have enough confidence, maybe. Or they have been told too many times that you will have, ah, you won't amount to much, you know, and blah, blah. You know, there's a, <laughs> it's being recorded, I must be careful. There's a, there's a school teacher who said, I, would, I was nonsense and rubbish and I would amount to nothing. You know, and I believed that for a long time, and my grades were just average, until when I had an encounter with Jesus, and I started to value myself. Went back to school. That's how I met Claire when I was doing my master's degree. Now I'm finishing my PhD now. The, the same teacher still has their GCSEs. That's all they have. Sometimes people can say a negative word, word over your life. Maybe it's something to do with your looks. Maybe it's something to do with your genes. But I don't know. But sometimes people can cast a bad word on your life. You need to shake it off. And believe what God says about you. Now maybe you're here today and you're saying, Emmanuel, I've, I've been knocked over so many times, you know, I don't think I have enough confidence to be anything else except what I am. I'm here to say no, my friends. There's no need to accept second best. God has got great things for you. Maybe there's a businessman in you. Maybe there's a, a, a PhD a doctorate in you. Maybe there's a pastor in you. Maybe there's a, a founder of a nation in you. Uh, Eddie, you know, uh, uh, Moses, we said, was 80 years old when he founded the nation of Israel. It's very easy to think, my time is out. I've done what I can do. That's just your opinion. What, what is God's opinion, Eddie, over your life? That's your opinion. And some of those people around us can be so negative also. They can see us as a spent force. But that's not what God is seeing. That's not what God. So if you're here and you've been battered a little bit and people have said negative things, I want to pray with you for strength that you'll be able to see what God sees in your life. And if you're there and you want prayer, if you're not embarrassed, if it's something that you do in this church for people to come, do people come forward for prayer? Yeah, okay, so I'm not doing something which is strange. You can come forward and we'll pray for God to make you see what he sees in your life. Okay, not what people see, not what society sees, but what God sees in your life. Are you okay? Is there anybody who would like to come? And then I can pray with you. It is not me who gives you strength, it is God who gives you strength. It is God who will equip you. It is God who energize you. You know, God, it is God who will revolutionize your life. He will not only surprise us, he will surprise you too. You know, I've also been surprised at what God has done with this humble life of mine. I'm surprised at the places where I've gone, the places where I've preached, the places where God has taken me. 
I'm surprised you, you know. I pray for people and people get healed and they are surprised. I'm surprised you that they got healed. God still surprises me. Let God, allow God to surprise you. Allow God. Can I have some people to help with me? Uh, pray with these, uh, my dear friends. Dave and Claire. Yeah. Anyone who likes to come for prayer, if we could just do it over here. If you'd like to come over here, I'm just going to